Welcome to Entrepreneurial Minds. I'm Valerie Donahue, and on this podcast, we'll travel around the world to learn everything that we can about individuals who choose to create businesses from scratch. We'll dive into what drives them, what stops them, and what inspires them in order to identify. Are there common factors that unite us as entrepreneurs across continents? Here's your next episode. So today we have such a fun opportunity to talk all things music with DJ Alex Edge. Alex has been running his Brooklyn-based events and production company for over 12 years and just this year won the Wedding Wire Couple Choice Award. Alex is the resident DJ at Bathtub Gin, and throughout his career, him and his team have done the entertainment for countless U.S.-based and destination weddings. Alex, welcome. Hi. Hi. <laughs> to get started, you mentioned that your, com- that your current company actually came out of uh, the 2008 financial crisis. I thought that that was really interesting given the time that we're in right now. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got started? Yeah, so I started DJing probably in the late 90s um, as a hobby. And then uh, right as I was graduating college in 2005, I really started doing it every weekend. So, you know, like once a week turned into two times a week, then three times a week, and then um, it became its own thing. Somewhere around the time of 08, 09, is I think there was a strong pivot in the private events looking to hire a DJ instead of a band. And I've always thought that the financial crisis had a lot to do with it because the budgets that people were either comfortable spending or just in general um, had on hand became a lot less than they were pre-08. And I think that the DJ became the norm, even in the niche market that I'm currently in, um, it was never the norm. Like a DJ was always someone that either plays aggressive hip hop or late night club music. So it wasn't an accepted uh, form of entertainment. And I think that um, after 08, it made people rethink um, what they wanted to have for their their wedding, their holiday party, their um, a- any any family or business uh, event, I feel like the DJ became more accepted. And so how did you, at that time, how did you see that opportunity? Was it um, people that started to approach you or was it um, that you saw the, the potential there and started reaching out? I think like a lot of things in life, I was just in the right place at the right time. Um, I don't think it was a conscious choice. Like, Oh my God. Like, um, I think it was, I, I did the club thing for a while. And I think that exposed me to a lot more people without having to, you know, advertise or do wedding showcases, um, which was the Avenue that a lot of people, uh, have taken to promote themselves in the wedding market. I feel like just being out there did all the, all the advertising I needed. And then once that pivot happened, I was, I was there and people knew where to find me. Uh, That's amazing. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, like the best things they happen organically. Organically. And this happened kind kind of organically. I was just in the in the right place at the right time. So I don't want to say like I had this great plan and I reached out to these people and that I, that was never the case. Yeah, but there was a need for it, and then um, because you had a reputation already uh, in the community, and uh, and 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 people knew you, uh, they just uh, they just thought of you, and, and that, so I, I think that that's really cool. Um, and so so given what's um, you know, th there's a big conversation right now with entrepreneurs, um, and at this time where a lot of uh, uh, industries are being hit hard, uh, a lot of people are talking about pivoting. They're saying, well, like there's, there's an opportunity right now. Um, you know, what do you think, you know, is there anything uh, in the current space that's happening or is it too early to tell? I think that people are trying, right? You see, you see a lot of like virtual parties and a lot of like streaming things happening. Um, I feel like it's too early to tell. We don't know what the world will look like in, in five months. And, you know, the streaming parties is just all we can do right now. Mm -hmm. We just don't know what else, what else to do. So it's the first thought. Like when radio first came out, they were reading books on the radio because they just didn't know what to do with the medium. So I think it's kind of the same thing. You have this platform and you know, I'll, I'm going to go on Instagram live and reach a whole bunch of people. But I think five months from now, it will look completely different. Um, what it will be. I, I really can't say I've been thinking about it a lot, a lot. Um, but I feel like we don't know yet. Like I think after 08, there was a lot of changes like companies like Uber and, Airbnb became the norm. So something will definitely come out of this. Uh, I think it's hard to, to tell what it is. And what is your, um, what's your take on, uh, I'm seeing a lot of the, the virtual uh, streaming uh, everywhere. What's your take on that? I think that, uh, you know, it's cool, but I think we're realizing the importance of being in the same room and experiencing music or any sort of entertainment um, together. Cause like, you know, there's, let's say, uh, 50,000 people are watching a stream. It's cool, but you're still by yourself in your house, yeah. maybe with your spouse, maybe with, you know, with the kids or whatever, but it's not, it's certainly not the same. Like I saw daybreaker did a live live stream and maybe theirs was the best one, but it pales in comparison to what daybreaker is like in real life. Yeah, like this crazy euphoric experience and it, it's it's hard to replicate that so that's why i think that we don't know what what the next thing will be it's just it's hard to imagine yeah so so something that that you're saying and, and i've experienced this uh too in the last two weeks um i've uh i've gone on to like live streams where people like what what i'm like really missing is like live music like i enjoy watching uh people play instruments and uh last night i logged on and there were people singing and and playing the guitar but you know, i don't know it was my connection but it was like like there was this lag time and uh and yeah like and even in moments where like i could hear like the entire uh, um, you know, like the entire stream and everything was going well. I like, I, I, it, it actually like, it made me more sad, like to connect right. with because like I started to miss, uh, I started to miss like being in a group of people. Yeah. And I think that, you know, 
80% of what I do, which is live events, I think 80% of it is how the feeling and like the vibe is in the place where the, where the event is. So it's impossible to replicate it. And I think yeah. we're starting to realize that we're just kind of doing all we can to feel normal, which is understandable. And yeah. in, in a given time, uh, my son does, my son is three. He does, um, uh, virtual classes with his teacher, uh, from his daycare on zoom. And I had the same feeling that, that you had. I, I thought it was kind of sad. I'm like these, you know, you can't replicate kids interacting no. together. And it was kind of like, wow, they're missing an entire chunk of their childhood and trying to make it normal, but it's anything but. Yeah. And at the same time, right? Like it's on the one hand, it's like, I think at times like this, like, uh, Perhaps we notice that if we've been taking, you know, humanity like for granted, like being with other people, like what the absence of it feels like. And, you know, and and at times like being so connected and still not being in person that highlights it. And at the same time, like, wow, technology is amazing. Like I could speak to you. Like there's so many still like the like I, I was just thinking, you know, like. 30, 40 years ago. Like, I mean, we just would have no idea even how everyone is doing. We would just be like, this would be like a really sad uh, state, not knowing how, you know, how everyone is going on. Maybe not. Maybe not. (laughs) Not to know, no. (laughs) Why do you think? Why do you think? Um, Well, we definitely can't unplug, especially now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that sometimes it's it's okay to, to unplug and, you know, reset your brain. But now it seems like almost impossible to unplug because there's an endless cycle of news and we're constantly, now we're definitely glued to our phones. Yeah. And, and I feel like it, it's only been two weeks, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like two weeks that we haven't really left our house and it seems like, my God, I haven't been on my phone this much ever. Yeah. So, I and, don't know. And so, how are you dealing with it, like, in terms of uh, structuring your day? Like, how are you spending your days now? Because, obviously... Um, yeah. So, my wife's a teacher. Uh-huh. Um, she has to teach from home. Okay. So, I have to be sort of... You know, I don't want to say teacher because I'm far from it. <laughs> I think most of us are realizing how hard it is now to uh, teach mm. little kids. Um, sure. I, I'm more like a guidance counselor at this point. Okay. <laughs> so, I'm, you know, from like nine to two, I'm trying to make my son's day as normal as possible. So my wife will come up with a number of things for us to do. You know, something writing, reading. Um, some kind of physical activity, maybe painting. Um, and then after two, I try to either catch up on some work or um, do some learning. So I'm, I'm trying to use this time as best as I can to learn some software and some other audio applications that I've been putting off forever. Like, oh, I'll get to it like, eventually. Um, but now that's, that's no excuse, right? It's tons of time. Um, yeah so yeah that's that that's essentially my day and then the rest of the time after five or so 
you know, I'm dealing with things like moving events or cancellations or, uh, for the most part, people are rescheduling, but that's, that's the, the last, <laughs> the last part of the day, so to say. Yeah. Um, and so to that, um, you know, maybe like you, because you're working so closely within the wedding industry, um, and obviously, you know, uh, what's been going on there in terms of, um, you know, uh, the rescheduling and the, and the brides, like how are things going? Um, I think people are, you know, freaked out. I don't want to overstate, uh-huh. but I think people are freaked out. Um, you're, you're planning for something a year out mm-hmm. and then within a week or two, you have to all of a sudden blow up your entire plans. So I think it's yeah. a pretty horrible feeling. Yeah. Um, I honestly can't even imagine what, what that would feel like. I don't want to say that, um, that I can because it's hard to, it's hard to imagine. Right. And, I think what I'm trying to tell my clients is that um, as long as you're healthy, mm-hmm. as long as your family is healthy, um, moving it is okay because you'll be able to celebrate even more as long as everyone stays healthy. So I think that's priority number one. And I think everyone agrees, right? For the most part. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm curious, like, um, like for, for different vendors, like yourself and venues, um, are, are vendors generally just happy to, uh, to move things, uh, over to a new date and, and what are the, like, what's the earliest date? Like, how are people now planning? Are they putting things on hold or are they saying like, are are people actually picking new dates now? I think that people are starting to look further out than originally had thought. So I think at first people were like, oh, I'll get married in June. But now it seems that October and November is the new June. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't don't mean to stress anyone out who is going to listen to this, but that that seems like um, the sober choice that a lot of people are making now. Sure. I mean, that sounds... um I mean, that sounds like it makes sense. Like if you're thinking like whenever, you know, like we, we all have our thoughts on like when we think that this is going to end, but whenever it is like add another two, three, four months, right? Like as a cushion, because like, yeah. that's just, that's just that's like a domino effect, right? Like first the March events, either postpone or cancel, then April, May. And yeah. now uh, I think we're looking into June starting to reschedule and it already started happening. Um, I really thought that it would be over by June. Yeah. But even if it is over, I feel like people won't be as excited going to a wedding in June, right? If this thing just ended in May, people will still feel kind of iffy being in large gatherings. Yeah. I think that maybe it makes sense to kind of at least, the June events to start moving them to the fall. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's actually like interesting, like what you're saying, like how quickly like our brain rewires. Like I notice myself now, like everything that I'm watching on Netflix, I'm like, this person is touching a doorknob. <laughs> like I'm like, it's like, a, like my brain is firing off for everything. 
uh, and, and I've been giving this a lot of thought, like I, I, I believe that like once we're out there, like yeah. it'll be like a small readjustment period, but I think so. Uh, so I had a wedding that was um, supposed to happen last Saturday. Mm-hmm. And when we spoke, we were still under the impression that it was still going to happen. It wasn't a big wedding. Um, and one of the first things that the bride said to me said, how do we make sure people are not dancing too close? Yeah. And I thought that, wow, like this, this may be the next, this may be some kind of thing that people are uncomfortable with going forward. Um, and I feel like if you do go to a wedding in June, like that's probably what's going to happen and it will definitely affect the outcome. Um, of the, did you, did you just hear that? That was my, uh, Alexa talking. I don't know why. <laughs> um, but I think that people will certainly, it certainly will change how everyone parties, right? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Will like Purell and on, on tables become <laughs> the, the new norm? Like the most expensive uh, centerpiece of, of all time? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. That's too funny. And, uh, like one of the conversations that like I'm having with my friends now is like, like, so we were kind of like, we we didn't get to this point. Like what we were talking about is like the moment, like they say, go outside, like perhaps there's going to be like a few, you know, like minutes where you're going to be like, okay, this is uncomfortable, but still people, we felt like, okay, people are just going to rush. Like, even if like the economy's down or like your businesses were down, you weren't making money. You're going to spend all the money that you have, like to have a drink with your friends. Like, so, um, you know, feeling hopeful for the, for the events industry, for, you know, that like, you know, maybe this is a time, like you said, like you're, um, you know, you're taking the time to like learn the things that you wanted to learn and, uh, you know, like organize yourself in the way, uh, because usually your schedule is like, your schedule is crazy, right? Like when it's, uh, when it's normal time, like you're working all weekend. Yeah. What does that look like? So, so ironically, you know, May, June, july are the busiest months of the year yeah. so my new sayings uh has been that uh november is going to be the new june yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but no- normally it's you know friday saturday sunday um sometimes thursday and then the rest of the week is planning getting ready uh meetings um i think a lot of meetings will probably go virtual now they already have yeah i think that now people won't just want to take a chance they're just gonna let's just do a zoom call right like before i i've been using zoom for like two years now and it, it was always like um here's the link click here i'm like oh can we just facetime instead so i now zoom is like totally became like uh you know like google became a verb right so like zoom will probably be a, the next verb <laughs> Yeah, they say uh, Zoom is the is the the real winner of this. Uh, but in reality, I, I think you know uh, what their CEO is doing uh, is great. I, I think it's 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 a yeah, it, it, it's definitely accelerated the uh, uh, the speed at which uh, people are adapting this kind of technology for our business as well. I mean, we've we've been totally virtual. We've been using all these tools mm-hmm. uh, forever, and now uh, now everyone else is is getting onto it. Even people that are older that like before you thought, yeah. okay, there's no reason to 
I don't know, maybe just me, like, okay, we're not going to teach you how to do this. Like, you know, now it's like, no, it's a necessity. So every, like everyone's learning has accelerated. Like, yeah, the zoom is definitely the clear, the clear winner, but (laughs) it's a, it's an awesome tool. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, And so, so I I, want to go back. Like, so when, when we're living in the time of the normal, um, I've been obviously to so many of your events. I really feel like, um, you just have a, a a unique talent that, that for me, um, I, I really haven't um, experienced with other professionals in your industry and everyone, I mean, everyone says this perhaps it's just that, um, like it's like the the style of that you play is like it's it's just like it's it's totally like I feel like it's my style, but I feel like um, everyone says that uh, when they go to an event of yours, it's it always feels different. Um, it's just you know how to feel the crowd, and I've okay. always. <laughs> I've always been curious, um, like what kind of decision making goes on in your mind when all of that is happening? Because like your, your, like your weddings are always different. Like all of the things that you do, like, even if the songs, like the songs could be like, it just feels different. Uh, uh, You know, a lot of it, like, I guess it's, it's like 60, 40 uh, or like 40, 60, like preparation and then being present in the room. So uh, maybe 50, 50, you know, like I try to listen to people. Um, and I try to listen to people intently about what they like and what they don't like. And I think that that determines how your client feels in the room determines how everyone else feels. And I think that people feed off uh-huh. that energy. Um, so you need to understand like what your client likes and doesn't in order to make them feel comfortable at first. And I think that's important. Um, because it kind of, you know, everyone, everyone likes going to parties generally. Um, but there's always that Mm -hmm. reservation, right? Like the, the, the fifth grade dance when like the boys stand on one side and the girls stand on one side. Right. So everyone has, has those reservations that you kind of try to break that wall down and make people feel comfortable. And I feel like, having the client feel the most comfortable is your first move. And then the other 50% is sort of um, just being present in the room and, and feeling the crowd. Like if something works or if something doesn't work, like to really, to really know um, the changes. Can you walk me through uh, like through some of like the decision-making or is it like something that's like on autopilot? Like it's just happening. Um, um, so I'll, you know, like, yeah, yeah. So I'll create like a blueprint, um, for the client to give me some suggestions on Spotify. Um, and then once I guess I have a blueprint in my head, um, that at first I try not to be like too aggressive or abrasive with the style or the type of music um at a private event um you need to kind of bring everyone together so you're trying to play music that everyone will enjoy um and then i guess most of it happens on the field like just Mm -hmm. uh, 
it's hard to explain, I guess. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's hard to verbalize. Um, I guess a lot of it was built up over the years that I've been doing this. Yeah. So you, you, you try to read like body language and people's demeanor and essentially people's mood. Um, and you're, you're, you're trying to be the guide for that, so to say. Yeah. Yeah. I, I find it fascinating. And that's, um, I think like from speaking with like real professionals who have been, uh, you know, doing their thing for, for a really long time. It's like, uh, yeah, it's something that like you, you have an into like it, it's already something intuitive. And like, I, I also find like, sometimes it's hard to put into words how you're making those decisions, but still at the end of the day, like you're like, you're just, you're making decisions. It's just, you're, possibly not even like thinking how you're doing them. Like that's like the level of professionalism, like you've gotten to that is. I think a lot of it. Yeah. I think a lot of it just kind of lives at some deeper level that, um, we can't turn on, you know, just kind of like sitting there. But then when you, once you're in the room, it's turned on immediately. Um, a lot of times people had, um, problems replicating what they do live on a recorded mix. Right. So I feel like that's always the best way to explain it. So like if you want to record like the same songs you played at a wedding in your bedroom, uh-huh. it will definitely not be the same. Yeah. Um, and I've been trying to record my sets live for like the past couple of years. And the way you're presenting the material live in the room versus in your bedroom is like completely different. It could be the same song, but it's just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. And I guess that as we're finding out now that being present in a a room full of people is, (laughs) has a lot to do with that. (laughs) Yeah. And Alex, I love to ask this question of people who are, um, who are really creative, uh, and in, uh, in different industries, um, what does creativity look like for you? Like where, like, where does, where does it come from? Like how often are you thinking about music? Uh, all the time, but like 90, like 90, like what percentage of the time? I feel like it's, hundred percent of the time, but not like actively, you know? So like if I'm watching a movie and that song comes on, like I immediately think like, wow, what a great song. Uh-huh. Um, I think that creativity comes from wanting to do what you do constantly. Mm-hmm. So your ideas will come with constantly doing it. Very few yeah. ideas will come just by kind of sitting there and, you know, um, maybe if you're writing like an action plan and you'll get some ideas from that. But from my experience, that has not been the case. So kind of getting, getting to do it is what generates most of the creativity. I got you. Yeah. And, um, okay. And for my last question, what do you think, um, when, when, when we all, when this is all over and, and, and you know, whenever that is, uh, what do you think that's going to look like, uh, for your business and for your, for the industry as a whole? Oh, you mean the, the, the current virus scare? Yeah. Yeah. I think it will change it. Uh, I don't want to say change it completely, but I think it will mm-hmm. change it a lot. 
we don't know how yet, but if I, I think that, um, it's hmm, a really good question. Um, I think that I, I don't want to like overspeak, but I think <laughs> that it will change it drastically. I think what we know as as uh, the wedding business will completely change. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't want to sound alarmist or anything like that, but the longer it goes, the more the other side will look completely different. From the perspective of um, like when people are planning, like do you think that people are going to um, downscale their events? Do you think that they're going to feel like at the end of the day? I think so. I'm spending a lot on, on this one day. Like, do you feel like we were like at like a really like extreme in the U S and then with the wedding industry? I don't or? think it was an extreme, uh, but no. it definitely grew. Um, yeah. and I could see that it grew over the last 10 years. It grew a lot. So yeah. just, I don't mean, I don't want to say budgets cause budgets are all different. Mm. Right? Like you can spend X, Y, Z, it will, it will always be different, but it certainly grew. It like became this, giant ship um, uh-huh. and the ship was completely sustainable like um everyone was doing great <laughs> yeah yeah and i think that after this is over did you hear that that was my son <laughs> oh <laughs> so I, i'm always conscious that i think that the mic the whatever mic is like picks up no, i heard like a little bit like <laughs> some playing but yeah yeah it's um, not- <laughs> Yeah, I think he's trying to contribute to this talk, but oh. <laughs> I think that it will downscale a lot. I really do. Yeah. Like that's just something I, it, it's a horrifying thought for a lot of people, but I think if this goes on to like August, let's say July, August, and you know, cause 08, a lot of people lost their job and it mm-hmm. was an uncomfortable period, but people were, weren't dying. They, they were generally healthy. Yeah. This is different. Mm-hmm. So I think that they will, people will start reevaluating like, um, what they spend their money on, who they choose to be in a room full of people with. Yeah. Um, so I think that right now from where I'm sitting, it seems like it will downscale a lot and it will change. Uh, I think that, the business will change. I think that the top pros that were around, they they'll still be around, but sort of like the budget choices, I think they won't be around. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, I'm not it's, sure. It's hard. To, it's hard to say. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at the end of the day, right? Like we're all, uh, we're all speculating. Uh, right. if we knew for sure, right. Like we'd go out and like make a whole bunch of different, different decisions right but we just don't know and 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 for that reason uh it's just interesting uh, to have these conversations like early on perhaps uh you know if, if we have a conversation <laughs> again like oh. in two months right or something like or once uh once all of the you know like, like november right like it, it just might be yeah like like I, I would be curious to see like what reality um can we and go back and so actually that? just <laughs> yeah. If I'm totally wrong, just like 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. This never, never happened. This never happened. <laughs> yeah. um, actually, so, so no, I, I, I want to end on this note. Um, for anyone uh, who was um, just starting out um, in the events and in the kind of like in the in the DJ industry, like at this time, and now they're experiencing um, this pause. Like, do you have um, advice uh, for for anyone uh, in the beginning of their journey, especially at this time? Um. I think that it's important to learn all the little aspects that have to do with having a successful event, um, whether it's um, lay layout of the room, audio equi equipment, lighting, video, um, how you're, how you communicate with clients, how you communicate with other vendors. So like streamlining all these things that took years to learn and master, I think are now much, um, much more available to people. So I feel like if you're starting out to learn all these tools is super important because it will make your business, um, more, more lean and it will make you look like a top notch pro versus someone that's, you know, scribbling notes on an, on a notepad and then losing them somewhere i think that um the top pros are organized they know all the little details that make an event happen so i think that learning all these tools um and learning how all these small things add up to make one great big thing i, I think that's important and now that you have the time for the most part right i think that most people have yeah. more time now um, yeah you're not commuting to work at least. Right. So there's that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, I think, I think that's really good advice. And I think it's, um, it, that's just really good advice for, um, you know, for anyone starting out in any industry right now, right? Like yeah. uh, we could, we could look at it in a positive way. It's like you have the time to do a lot of learning. And I think that like, where we were a few months ago, perhaps like if, like if the industry was hot and you were like running like fast as you can, it was like tempting to skip all of the steps. You're like, I'll, I'll learn it on, you know, I'll learn it on the go. And now you actually have an opportunity to like think thoughtfully, um, create a plan for yourself, uh, and just, um, and, and ready yourself because it's, it's going to come back eventually. Uh, and so, you know, yeah. what that's going to look like for you. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta be ready, right? You gotta be ready. Alex, thank you so much. Uh, this was uh, this was so much fun for me uh, to uh, to get a, to learn a little bit more about the thinking that be uh, that goes behind uh, what you do. Uh, and yeah, I, I can't wait until uh, until we're all in a room back together and and doing our thing. Me too. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Entrepreneurial Minds by Chatterboss. Our dedicated and on-demand virtual executive assistant team specializes in supporting entrepreneurs and business owners with pretty much any admin task. Go to chatterboss.com to learn more.